Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. Today, we're answering some burning questions surrounding the league's top quarterbacks and prospects. Make sure you tap on with us all week for more offseason coverage. If you're tuned in on YouTube, hit us with a like button, smash the subscribe. And if you're listening to audio only, show us some love and download, follow, leave a nice review, and of course, tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Guys, um, I have the benefit of being on the West Coast this uh, this week. However, did either of you watch the Kings and Warriors game last night? Yeah, of course. Okay, so the Draymond Green situation with Sabonis. Curious uh, what your thoughts are. My uh, thought uh, on this uh, is, yeah. I have, I, have a, uh, uh, I have a question. Where the hell are the air horns? Oh. Where yeah, are the air horns? We removed, we, we we removed, removed the air part horns. of <laughs> What? I don't even know this show anymore. You don't have in the budget anymore, right? Oh, we got rid of air horns. That's I've made, made a horns. for it. Sam Batish said no. He said no more air horns. We don't have it in the budget. Really? Yeah. I guess we'll do uh, You know what we need in? It's a Brady Quinn football show. little sad trombone. Trombone. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, can we move on out of the Golden State? Oh, yeah. Let's can, get to yes. the basketball. Let's let's get to the basketball. That's, that's yes. What. Anyway, I did, so Draymond I didn't Green. Watch it. I, I didn't watch it. I was watching the uh, the fish show last night. More fish. Forty minute tweezer, bruh. What? Yeah, exactly. If you know, you know. Like the band fish. Yeah, I love the band fish. Oh, jeez. All right, Katie. What were you gonna ask? Anyways, I was going to ask what your thoughts were, and I guess Brinson didn't see it, but basically Sabonis grabbed on to Draymond Green's foot. Then Draymond Green stomped on him, um, and there was a flagrant. He got ejected from the game. So I was curious what you thought of it. Do you think – I think that obviously Draymond Green was out of line with the way that he responds to the crowd heckling and you know saying some choice words to people, getting himself ejected from the game. This isn't the first time that he's done that, but I was just curious kind of whose side you were on. I don't, I don't know that there's sides here. I mean, look, Sabonis got a technical, too, since he kind of initiated it. And this has kind of been Draymond Green's history in the playoffs. Look, they're, they're, it's got to be frustrating for Golden State. They've never been down 0-2 in the playoffs with Steve Kerr as their head coach. So uh, I can understand 
you know, why he was frustrated. Someone grabbed his leg. The officials did eventually, obviously, again, give Sabonis a technical. But, I mean, to stop on a dude like that, you got to know you're going to get kicked out at that point. Uh, you're right there in the middle of the court. It's hard to miss it. You maybe got a little bit of a history of this. So I, I don't know that there's sides here so much as I just think you've got a really good series. Sacramento's up 2-0. Golden State's in an unfamiliar spot. And a guy like Draymond, who's you know been known to use some of these antics in the past, is uh, you know now he's got a little more fuel to the fire, I guess. But I'm excited to see how this series goes. Um, so Dom in the chats is pretty sure Will is on the side of green. Now, I could see why somebody would think that. Noted instigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, troublemaker, <laughs> antagonist, kind of a some would you know what I'm not I can't even say the word I can't even say the letter the word starts with but like I understand that people uh, would would uh, you know would associate me with Draymond Green and think that I love Draymond Green. However, however, mm. <laughs> I may go full Stephen A. Smith. God, I love his howevers. Um, if uh, here's the thing, while that does make sense that I would be on Draymond Green's side as an instigator, as an antagonist, mm. all of those things. Uh, I also have no sympathy for Draymond Green Ooh. because yeah. you are what your reputation says you are. For instance, if I'm, if the it, okay, podcast starts late, who gets blamed? Princeton. Right. Yeah. Even about real time. Yeah, but you're usually late. Let's be real. That's my point. Draymond Green yeah. got his foot grabbed. May have stomped somebody, may not have stomped somebody. But you know what? You go around stomping people enough and nobody's going to believe you when the wolf is actually there because you've been crying wolf too much, Dre. You, 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 you know, you want to, you know, you want to F around and find out? You F around and find out, Draymond. That's what happens. You stomp somebody. I'm a big, I like the Kings. <laughs> the Kings. All right, can we throw this out, though, because this kind of like it's leading me into because of Draymond Green, who did go out for Michigan State's football team at one point to bring up a subject that was talked about this past week was, you know, could an NBA player play in the NFL? Can an NFL player mm. play in the NBA? Look, there's been examples, Charlie Ward, there's been some others, right, that have played in the NBA. I'm trying to think, I guess Drew you say, what? <laughs> I'm trying to think of, um, obviously, there's some basketball players who at you know, transition to being football players. Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, notable, of course. Drew like college, right, but Julius Peppers, but not guys who necessarily made it to the pro level, so... Uh, everyone LeBron says, like, yeah, Billy, Billy, Billy Bad Takes is on an all time heater right now. That's <laughs> by the way, that's Billy's new nickname. Yeah, Zion could play in the NFL. Zion can't play in the NBA, bro. How is he going to play in the NFL? He can't stay healthy enough to play in the National Basketball Association as a professional basketball player. You think he's just going to waddle over to the NFL and like magically be like an elite level, like defensive end or something. Get out of town. Billy I think Matthews. that's the general point is there's no way you can make it 17 games in an NFL season. If you oh. can't deal with 82 games in basketball in an era that is not very physical, right? Load management is like the biggest topic right now in the NBA in regards to seeing these stars play and, and, and how you go about trying to make them play. So from that standpoint, I don't know that there's the physical toughness. Yeah. They're skilled. They're obviously great athletes, but there's still a, a toughness element of it that I think would kind of need to be factored in uh, when we're kind of comparing these two. So if Draymond's an example of that, you know, he did go out for Michigan state football team. Didn't look so hot. So no. there's, there's obviously your examples of players who tried it. Didn't work out. I'm not so sure with 17 games, they'd be able to last. They'd be able to make it. It's, it's not, it's just, it's just so it look, I, I'm one of the OGs of the uh, simulation movement. 
Uh, I believe it was the first to ever build LeBron James in Madden and simulate what a season with LeBron James as a starting tight end for the Cleveland Cavaliers would look like. He caught 32 touchdowns, I think. I was playing with him. I'm an elite Madden player, et cetera, et cetera. Like LeBron James is maybe the one guy that I think you could say, okay, like we're going to put you at tight end. You're going to run like this very simple route in the red zone uh, split out. And we're going to throw the ball really high in the air. And you're just going to jump ball. Jimmy Graham, another great example of basketball to, f- to football. Like, do you think about these guys, like red zone targets, guys who can out jump everybody else. Mo Ali Cox did it as well. Like that's the easiest transition. Right. If, that, if that's the argument for Zion, I mean like stop, but like LeBron, I think you could make the case for maybe you could say like somebody like, you know, a, with obscene height, and some decent jumping could go in there and just, you know, like how many cornerbacks are going to be able to guard Joel Embiid if he stands in the end zone and, you know, you have a semi-accurate He's got to get there first, though. That's the right, problem. Exactly. All these cornerbacks are getting bigger and longer. There are six foot plus. And I, I don't know. I, look, it's a fair point. That's probably the one position. Obviously, LeBron was my class in high school. Played at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Didn't play his senior year. Played his junior year. And when we got invited down to the U.S. Army All-American game, Tom Lemming, who I think had a role in helping to select that team, he did give him an invite. And, in fact, I, I want to say he invited one of his um, teammates to you know, come along on the trip in hopes that maybe LeBron would show up and play in the game, which obviously wasn't he wasn't being advised that at that point in time. Uh, but it was a Sean Cotton, I think it was his name, ended up going to Ohio State, which there's a thought, too, that maybe he went to Ohio State because they were hoping LeBron would come to Ohio State and be able to play both and all that. So anyway, um, it, it's fun to talk about and think about. I don't know. I don't know about 17 games if you can't make it through 82 in the NBA. Billy, 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 bad takes. You're just you're just proving your reputation is now at <laughs> d- double tripling down in the comments and suggesting that Brady Zion wouldn't be a tight end. He would be a defensive lineman. Oh, geez. I mean, this is reached. That's what y'all are missing the point, LOL. No, I don't Billy, think you're the ones missing the point here, Billy. Yeah, Billy, just just come on and state your case. No, oh, God. I mean, look, here's the thing. I, why is everybody acting like he's got to play wide receiver or tight end, something like that? He's a big boned player. He's a big boned guy. Big he's, he's been at his whole life. He's been at his whole life. This They've is... actually been trying to have him lose weight. Instead of put on weight, because that's what he naturally does. I think you beef him up a little bit more. You put beef him, him up more. <laughs> beef him up a little bit more. You put him on the defensive line. He could be a run stuffer for sure, a thousand percent. Have you lost your mind? All right. Why since we have Billy, Bad, since we have Billy Bad takes on, let's talk about Jalen Hurts getting that contract extension, making him the highest paid player in the NFL, $255 million. Brady, yesterday, Billy said that Jalen Hurts was a top two quarterback and uh, Brinson and a lot of listeners were quite upset about this. What do you think? Jalen Hurts just behind only Patrick Mahomes. And, and that, means the, that means the entire current crop of NFL quarterbacks, not, yep. not on the Eagles depth chart, not in the right. NFC East, not in the NFC, the entire NFL. Just, just, to, just to clarify in case you thought you were missing something here. Yeah. Will is on one today. Uh, I'm going to say this in defense of Bill. All right, I'm going to say this one in defense of Billy. You know, he can maybe become that. I don't think he's that right now. Um, I think you've got guys like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and then maybe you can start talking about him. But even then, I'd still put probably Lamar ahead of him. 
Uh, I think there's other guys too that look, it, it's hard to not look at the success that he's had and I'm not look at the way he played in the Super Bowl. He was phenomenal. Like without a doubt, he's phenomenal. And I've been a huge fan of his from the way he handled it, all that adversity to Alabama. He goes to Oklahoma. He gets better. He continually works, 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 proves doubters wrong, proves people that, you know, weren't taking notice of the strides that he was making and instead telling, you know, people what he was or what he wasn't. And so I love that because I, I think he's like a, he's like artificial intelligence. You know, you read in all the stuff going on at Google and Microsoft and like the more these, you know, algorithms, like they tend to teach themselves to get better and better and better and sharpen themselves. That's why I view him as a quarterback. So I think he has the capability of being that. Um, I don't know that he's there yet. Um, this deal obviously, you know, doesn't put him in that conversation either, uh, but I'm, I'm glad he got the deal done. I, I think the, the greater point about this deal is, and I, and I wonder this, if he looked at the Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore and said, yeah, I don't want to be that. Like, I'm willing to secure a nine-figure bag, and I realize that in three years, if I play the way I'm capable of, I'm going to restructure this. I'm going to uh, be extended from this, and, and I'll be still competitive with the rest of the top quarterbacks in the league because the signing bonus isn't very competitive. If you look at you know what he gets up front, um, you know, the, the total at guarantee isn't overly competitive, right? Russell Wilson signed for more. Lamar Jackson was offered more. Obviously, Watson's ahead of that. You know, I don't really look at a lot of other metrics past that. I think the average annual value is the stupidest thing that's put out there. As to be honest. It's, it's, it's dumb because it's a lot of fluff numbers in the back end of the deal. And either that player is going to be released uh, because they're not playing up to the contract or they're going to be restructured or extended and that number is going to look different anyway. So, and, and also, just as an add-on to that, sort of a corollary to that, when they do the average annual value, the way that it gets released and gets put out there, you know, Billy, for instance, and I'm not. This is not me ripping you. You sent a tweet that was like, "Here's the sal- <laughs> here's the salary cap hit for Jalen Hurts for the next four years." Well, when the agent sends out and when the when the leak is out about the numbers that Jalen Hurts is getting on an average annual value, it doesn't factor in what he's going to get paid in 2023 because that would dramatically pull it down because he's getting the fourth year of his rookie contract. Now, right. if you do that, like. And that's how you should factor it in for a full extension. If it is an extension of the current contract, it should build in what you're being paid in 2023, which means the average would shrink tremendously. And this is where you hear dumb phrases like new money, average annual, average annual value of the new money in Jalen Hurts' deal, which is specifically designed to circumvent the 2023 number that he's being paid because it would make it look like he's making a lot less than the top quarterbacks who signed new contracts. And that's just, it's the fuzzy math that agents like to play that players are willing to play along with and that owners love that they do it because it keeps them from actually getting meaningful changes to contracts, including fully guaranteed deals. Right. Which look, there's, there's not going to be a time where you get fully guaranteed deals because there's not enough players who want to take a shorter term deal like Lamar Jackson already you know, admittedly turned down a three-year 133 million, which in, in my opinion, I'm like, dude, take that. Take that deal two years from now. Guess what? They got a year left. They're still paying you a guaranteed you know, dollar amount that they've got to extend you if you play the way I think we all think you're capable of. And by the way, that would have been a better deal than what Jalen Hurts signed for. So there's there's two things here. One, this isn't, you know, you, you can call it a bad deal, call it whatever you want. I'm not gonna say that because the reality is Jalen Hurts was just playing a Super Bowl. I don't think he wants the drama or to draw this out. He secured nine figures, which is generational changing money. And that's all that matters, right? Is if he feels good about the deal and he wants to move forward, so be it. You know, he's not the type of guy that that draws 
uh, a lot of uh, drama along with things, right? Uh, and I think that's how he's conducted himself. So, so good for him, especially if he feels comfortable with it. But Will makes a lot of valid points. I mean, the two things I look at as a former player and even now as an analyst is you're looking at signing bonus and you're looking at the total guarantee at signing. You're not guaranteed anything else. And the, and the team's really not on the hook for anything else other than those two things. So in this case, it doesn't even stack up against what Lamar admittedly had turned down and obviously some of the other deals that are out there. So uh, good for Howie Roseman uh, being able to get his franchise quarterback under a long-term deal uh, and not creating drama and getting him for what I think is potentially what could be a bargain considering how good Jalen Hurts is. And it allows him to still keep this team together and, and constructing it together. Now, uh, you know, we, we tweeted out, or Schefter tweeted out, and you, you showcased some of the, the cap hits. As I said to Will, I go, well, you're missing something because you've got next year, which was his rookie deal, and then three years of a five-year extension. You're missing two years. Those cap hits have to be astronomical because you still have to be able to add up to $255 million, which was what the total contract value was, uh, in order to qu- equate to the cap hits. So, again, just to further Will's point, it's all fluff. We want to make a big deal about this number, but as you see – Look at the math. 2023, they already had cap plan. That's his rookie deal. 24, 25, 26. It doesn't add up to a substantial amount, and the cap hits have to be enormous. And so in three years from now, when the total guarantees are up and the team doesn't really – they're not on the hook for anything, they can make the evaluation of whether or not they want to restructure Jalen Hurts' deal and extend him with two years left, or they can move on if they want. And and they're probably not going to be as as much on the hook because – they're not paying out quite as much. Well, what do we got? Well, I was gonna just going to point out that I think it's very interesting to me, and this is just something you sort of notice anecdotally over, you know, covering the NFL for a decade plus as a nah. media member. No good uh, but, but in all seriousness, like, it's – so this contract, this news broke yesterday, right? You know, there's still no details about the full contract outside of stuff like this. It's like mm-hmm. the – and when, when that happens – and I've been beating this drum, and I know he's already on a different team, so I don't want to be a jerk about it, but it's the same thing happened with the Saints. It happened with the Raiders with Derek Carr. This deal comes out, and you hear Derek Carr signed a five-year deal for $155 million with the Raiders. They found their guy. He's with Oak. He's with Las Vegas forever. This is Josh McDaniels locking down his man. And then they cut him a year later because no one, and they waited for, at no point, not one single media member, reported the fully guaranteed number in Derek Carr's contract to the Raiders. Not once. I kept asking, where is it? Why isn't anyone reported this? Nobody in Vegas reported it. The, the, the agent and Derek Carr didn't want it to be out there, and the Raiders helped not put it out there. And I think it's very, very interesting to note that currently Jalen Hurts' contract is not filed um, with, with the with the NFL and the NFLPA system in terms of being like available and being put online. And what usually that means, if – the contract is the full details of the contract have not been put out by PFT or put out by over the cap or spot track or somebody within 24 hours of that deal being agreed to. That means there's going to be some fuzzy ass math on the back end there. And that Jalen Hurts' fully guaranteed money is not going to be nearly as high as we think, or it's going to be a situation where the Eagles much like with Carson Wentz will be able to finagle their way out of this contract. If need be much like a peach. Real fuzzy, you know. That going very fuzzy math, Brady. Very fuzzy. Math. A lot of fuzziness going on now. Kind of like your your furry head. You've got a lot of hair going on right now. Well, you probably need a haircut, but look I at look, that. Wow. Very, I mean, that's, that's, that's luxurious that's right now. 
that's past fuzzy. That's just furry. I mean, that's yeah. you've, you've basically become like a rodent at this point. Well, I saw my parents this weekend, and um, I'm not, didn't it's well. not. That didn't go over well. The hair didn't go over well. I said, "Mom, I know it's long." She goes, "It looks great. I love it." <laughs> my, really? love, my, I, my mom will lie about. It. Yeah, my mom's too nice. No, she's too nice to like you know, like mom. Do I look fat? I think you look great, honey. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's the exact opposite. So I'm glad someone's mom's nice to them. Mom, Billy, anything else great. you want to say on the Hertz uh, situation before we move on here? I mean, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with putting him at two. You know, yeah, yes, a, there's a lot wrong with putting him at two. It's a terri- it's a terrible take. I don't think there's anything wrong with putting him at two. Wait, what do you mean there's you not anything wrong like, with him? Put guys like Joe Burrow above him, and they don't have the same success that he's had. So what I, are you I, talking I, I about? I don't understand. I don't understand. I just, I just. What are you talking about? He doesn't. Joe Burrow does not have an All Pro. You need to clarify that Jalen Hurts is a second team All Pro. Okay. I dude, I understand. Do you think that like? If you're ranking quarterbacks based entirely on their number of second-team All-Pros that they've achieved, then you are ipso facto doing it wrong, and you don't know ball. Like what? Like Jalen Jalen Hurts does not have as much long-term success as Joe Burrow in terms of his performance at the NFL level. Jalen Hurts, as Brady points out, could he become the second-best quarterback in football? Sure. So could. Like Lamar Jackson could become the second best quarterback in football. Any like it can happen to a lot of guys. Is he the second best quarterback in football? No. Joe Burrow. Every if you're drafting a team, do you believe that Jalen Hurts would go ahead of Joe Burrow? Yeah, I would. Well, I think he, he does. He, he definitely does. I, 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 I would take I would take Jalen Hurts over all the younger quarterbacks right now currently i would take him i would take him over so you wouldn't Justin herbert i would take him over trevor lawrence i would take him over jesus so you allen i would take i would take him over all of those so you would take him over trevor lawrence i would take if i'm starting a team i am definitely taking trevor lawrence over jalen hurts exactly and that's the issue and that just proves to everybody that you don't know ball because why would you take a guy who hasn't done anything in the playoffs who hasn't gone to a super bowl who hasn't done anything in the league but you would you wouldn't take the guy who's who's proven who's gone to the playoffs his first year as a starter who's gone to the super bowl in the second year as a starter who's made an all pro Please clarify second team all pro when you do that. Because yesterday yeah. you like, does He's Josh all, Allen have an all pro? I don't think so. Talking about are not all pros. So okay, like, well, some matter. of these, some of these quarterbacks, these names that you guys are throwing out are obviously going to be winners of this Jalen Hurts deal as well. Because you think about Burrow and Herbert that are coming up on some contract extensions, Brady. Has this moved the needle for their deals? And do you think that $255 million is now considered the floor for these guys? You've said already you think Joe Burrow might be better than Jalen Hurts or maybe you wouldn't rank him, you know, you'd rank him above him right now. Is Joe Burrow worth more money than this? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, as I said before, I, I think most Eagles fans, if there was a trade for Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, they'd probably take Joe Burrow. Probably Josh Allen. You know, maybe then after that, maybe it stops. Um, but maybe they take Lamar too. I don't know. I would say this though, because Hertz did his deal. I, I would, I would expect to a couple of things. His total guarantees of signing will be higher. His signing bonus will be higher. And that's coming from the organization, by the way, that's considered at least based on the Forbes list to be the poorest in the NFL valued at 3 billion based on last year's numbers. So um, I think Mike Brown uh, and the Brown family will have to come up with the money to be able to satisfy Joe Burrow from what I've been told is he's not going to take a discount. And uh, even though that, again, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to make some creative 
find some creative ways of coming up with the money to pay him what he feels like he deserves. So I think that the more interesting thing is going to be the timing of when he signs his deal. Is he going to be next up or is it going to be Justin Herbert? And I think he's wise enough too to not care so much about that total number. I think he's going to care more about the actual financial commitment. And as, I, as I've said before too, you know, with Burrow, uh, it could be a longer term deal in order to reach that. And I'm not saying to the extent of Patrick Mahomes, but I can see the Bengals saying like, yeah, we're going to put a huge number on this. I mean, what was Mahomes? 450 million or whatever they, it was reportedly was over like a 10 year deal. I could see Burrow's being like six or seven and, and it being structured in a way in which it forces the team to have to come back every two or three years and restructure because of those cap hits that are pushed to the back end uh, in order to be able to make the deal that, that I think he needs. So uh, bottom line is uh, whether it's Burrow or Herbert, both of them are going to be looking to eclipse this number. Uh, and I think they will go over that number as far as the, the total value of it, even though as Will's pointed out, uh, there's really not much value in what that total number is because all these guys are going to end up if they play the way we think they're going to, uh, renegotiating uh, that deal, you know, while they're still under contract. By the way, um, I, I know that, you know, Billy likes to beat the drum of playoff success. Uh, as you can <laughs> see, Joe Burrow uh, behind only Russell Wilson tied with Ben Roethlisberger for most playoff wins, which you seem obsessed with uh, by a quarterback in his first three seasons. I would also add that Jalen Hurts started 15 games in 2021. And before this season, so I mean, that makes him basically the starter because he started 15 games this year uh, before this season. The entire world was asking, can Jalen Hurts win a playoff game? So I'm just saying, like, your little narrative that you like to fashion about Jalen Hurts is cute and it's fun, but it's flimsy and transparent. <laughs> and I see through it with these spectacles. No, I mean, there was a lot of questions about Jalen, but I think it's – I think for me – I'm going to go back and find some of the questions you had about Jalen. <laughs> Bring <laughs> some old for me. No, I, I did. And I will not, and I, and I won't lie about that. Like, especially when we drafted him, I was just confused as everybody else. You know, why are we drafting Jalen Hurts in the second? Why are we using the second round pick on Jalen Hurts? But I think like his progression and how, like you spoke to yesterday, how fast he's progressed in his three years in the league and, you know, the success, the success that he's had over the last 10 years of, you know, being a front facing quarterback in football as a whole and only still only being 24 years old. Like I, I'm putting all that into my evaluation of why he is the second best quarterback. You know, we all look about potential and what guys can be in the future. And it's similar to Patrick Mahomes when he first came out and, and really started to put his stamp on the league, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's really good, but, you know, where are we going to slot him? Is he top five and things of, things of that nature? Wait, did, you say, um, did you say Mahomes? He won yeah, MVP. Mahomes first, threw for 50, 50, 50 touchdowns, five touchdowns. One MVP is first but I'm, starter. What? What? Okay. I'm not All saying right, that they, we, I didn't say they were the same. I didn't say they were the same. I'm just they're not the they're same. On similar paths. They're on similar paths. That's all I'm saying. All right, Billy on the island over there by himself. We're going to take a quick break here. But before we do, do you like soccer? Then check out CBS Sports Golazzo Network, the first of its kind, free 24-7 channel dedicated exclusively to global soccer coverage. It's now streaming on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and Paramount+. Plus. Get your morning started off on the right foot with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture-driven morning show beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Plus, don't miss the rest of our top-notch programming, including live matches and re-airs, original studio shows, highlights, documentaries, and much more. CBS Sports Golazo Network. It's the ultimate year-round streaming destination 
for fans of the beautiful game. You're watching The Pick 6, and we'll be right back. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Talk winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. And one more thing on Jalen Hurts, and then we're going to put this to bed. And uh, Billy, we're going to keep you off of this one. You talked, Brady, (laughs) about Lamar Jackson and how he should have taken the deal. When you look at the two deals, what the Ravens had offered Lamar Jackson and, of course, what Jalen Hurts got. Now, the total value, $255 million, that's more for Jalen Hurts. But if you look at the guarantee, Jalen Hurts, 110 million, and Lamar, 133 million guaranteed. Do you think that this deal now hurts negotiations for Lamar Jackson moving forward? No, I, I think it only further proves the point. He's not going to be able to get the deal he's looking for—a fully guaranteed deal. This is—I mean, maybe if Burrow surpasses it, then he tries to make a case for that because Lamar Jackson's been an MVP before and Burrow hasn't. But again, I, I think if you look at what Burrow's done. He's carried that teams at times. I mean, it's it's not that they're not talented. You don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase and him have a great connection. You got T. Higgins. You got obviously Tyler Boyd who's underrated. They're, they're, but the offensive line play has been great. The defense has been getting better, but it's nowhere close to where the Eagles are, for example, which is a much more loaded roster. So um, the, the truth of the matter is, I, I think, you know, the Jalen Hurts deal, I think only further proves that Lamar has been offered, I, I don't know if you call it a fair deal. I think there's a lot of people out there who feel like he should Better surpass the um, yeah. because of what the Browns decided to do, but that's an outlier. Like you're just, you're not going to see that from any other organization that's willing to do that. So uh, at this point, I think it, again, it was a good deal. I'm not sure if he goes back to the negotiation table with Baltimore now and tries to find a long-term extension. He's probably going to wait till after the draft to see if there's anyone who submits an offer sheet. Um, but I, I think we'll wait and see what Herbert does and Burrow does, but, those numbers will be better than the Hurts deal. But again, I don't know exactly if they're going to come close to the fully guaranteed uh, deal that, that that Watson got. Um, I cannot believe nobody caught. Does this Hurts? Does does this new deal hurt? There's a Hurts. There's a free oh. pun there. Free pun there. Um, yeah. it, it definitely it definitely hurts Lamar Jackson uh, because, <laughs> as Brady points out, like like this is you're gonna get Burrow, you're gonna get um, you're gonna get Herbert, all these guys. Like I agree with you, Brady. Burrow's not gonna take a big discount. However, he's also not gonna be like I want a fully guaranteed contract. He's got an agent. That agent is gonna figure out a way to get him 
some sort of benchmark, whether it's most new well, money. What, well, well, hold on. And here's the reason why, right? It can't be a fully guaranteed deal for that amount because the Brown family doesn't have that, ca- that sort of cash. They're going to have to put that in escrow, right? Correct. They don't have that amount. And that's going to be one of the biggest things standing in the way of how much total guarantee it's signing he's able to even sign for. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, absolutely. And uh, I hear of a golden girl. What's happening? Golden, I, you're Blanche. I, I, if, if I had to pick a golden girl, you would be Blanche. <laughs> Which one? Was Billy Blanche the hot one? Blanche is the hot one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always funny that we categorize the two as Blanche being the hot one, where you're like, well, they're older. Was there a hot one? Like, should I be? Can I say that as some of yeah. Way yeah. younger. I was actually doing some research into this recently. Um, and uh, I actually kind of like the way my hair looks now. It's outrageous. And um, uh, apparently the goal of the uh, casting for Golden Girls, they wanted to have older women playing younger women to make them look that much older. Or is it the other oh. way around? Younger women playing older women. It's Probably one of those things. Younger women they're, playing they're older like women. 10, Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, the uh, what was the grandmother's name? Oh, um, ooh, Dorothy was woman, her daughter. Yeah, yeah. There's a woman you're supposed to know that's not Brady and I. I think that's I know. The, I'm, I know. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I uh, love Golden Girls. But no, there's there something about the casting where they wanted to purposely create like a 10 year gap between. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God, Dominic knows everything. Blanche was the youngest by 12 years, then Sophia, then Dorothy, and then Betty White was the oldest and lived the longest. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so they, there, there was, it was a purposeful casting decision in order to, um, Brady, still waiting on his Brinson socks out. There we go. All right, anyway, what's next? Let's talk about some other stuff. All right, ne- what's next is uh, the best part of the show always when we discuss the San Francisco 49ers and uh, Brock Turdy. He sat down with Yahoo to discuss his He's return timeline. Did you say Brock Turdy? Is that what you just said? I said Brock Purdy. Did I say? I, I sounded like so. Turdy. At least came in my ear. Is that what you heard, Will? I think you called him Brock Turdy. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Did you say a new nickname for Brock? Is that what you're calling him, Brock Turdy now? Oh no! Rock? You called him. I, I you called him Rock Turdy. That's disgusting. I can tell you have a a young son there, Will yes, Brunson. Yes. All right. Brock punched me, punch me in the nuts 42 times this past weekend. So that was exciting. Wow. Maybe yes. that's why your hair looks like that. Checks out. Yeah, checks out. Okay. Anyways, Brock Party sat down with Yahoo to discuss his return timeline. Uh, when asked if he will play at one point, he said, not really sure. So obviously there's always questions around the quarterbacks with the 49ers. We got Brock Purdy. You have Trey Lance. Now we don't know if Brock Purdy is going to return. I don't know what else he could have said because there's so many things going into it. You got Trey Lance, who is the you know number three pick overall a couple years ago. He's returning, getting back to his form. And then you got Brock Purdy. Then now we have Sam Darnold as well. So if you look at the San Francisco 49ers futures, they haven't really changed. Niners are second on the odds board to win the Super Bowl, plus 700. They're the favorite to take the NFC at plus 320, minus 150 to take the NFC West again, tied for the highest win total at 11 and a half. Brady, do you think that this affects the odds for the 49? I mean, I know that you're not super high on Brock Purdy already. Do you prefer Trey Lance? Do you think the Niners have the... Uh, let me put it this way. All right, you're, you're misquoting this. Brock Purdy started how many games in his career? Like, all I'm saying is, can you pump, pump, pump the brakes? Like, 
let him play more. Let him continue to develop. Let defenses see yeah. him and then adjust to what he does or doesn't do well, right? That's all I'm saying, all right? Let's calm down the fandom, uh, the bias, and let's set it aside. And let's analyze this, okay? okay. Um, it's not that I'm not a fan of him. I got a chance to follow him in college football for a long period of time. He was a great leader, did a lot of things well, and, and really, I, I think, helped raise the level of play of the guys around him. But he's on a really, really talented team. Like we're talking yes. about, we talked about Hurts earlier, who might be on the most talented roster or one of the most talented. San Francisco is right there sitting behind them then. So it's a little easier for a quarterback to operate when you've got a number one defense, a lot of all pros around you, and you've got one of the best player calls in Kyle Shannon. So let's pump the brakes. And then the other thing is, you know, Trey Lance, you gave up so much for him. I know. If Brock Purdy's admitting right now that he might not be healthy for the beginning of the season, may miss the entire season. He's obviously only saying what like anyone would say at this point. It's too early to know where he's at in his rehab and his, in his progress. So we have to look at this season and say, if he's not ready by the beginning of training camp, Trey Lance has to be the guy. And you basically brought in um, Sam Darnold as insurance, a guy who's been successful, uh, at least, or I should say, has experience. And he could be successful in Kyle Shanahan's system because he can make a stud out of most guys. And obviously, Sam Darnold does have talent and ability. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been drafted where he was drafted, and he wouldn't have been sought after by Carolina, and now obviously San Francisco. So, um, you know, this is a team that I, I think it probably will be Lance because of the, the rehab and how long it's going to take Brock to get back. And then it's going to come down to if Lance is healthy, how is he playing, whether or not Brock then gets that next shot when he is healthy and ready to be back. But it's definitely something to monitor. And I think I'd be concerned as a San Francisco 49er fan, especially if you're a Brock Purdy fan. If you yes. think he is indeed the best guy, yeah, you should be concerned if he's already admitting right now in April that he might miss the entirety of the season or that's even a play at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, when he got hurt, the injury was thought to be a possible Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, it could be season ending. I think the, you know, we got the odds for pro football championship winner of the Super Bowl. <laughs> so you can't put the Super Bowl in the head, the top header, but don't worry about the bottom, the next one, Super Bowl 58, <laughs> 2024 winner. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just a situation where, like, to me, it's crazy that San Francisco is seven to one and the second highest favorite, given just the uncertainties at that position. I agree, and I think as a 49ers fan and as a Brock Purdy fan, I am definitely concerned about this. But there is still hope that he could be playing Week One. I know that he's saying he's not sure, but to your point, Brady, I don't know what else he could say at this point. He obviously has to heal, and then there's the other quarterbacks that are swirling around. So I think he said what he what he had to say. I mean, he said he's hopeful to come back. He's ready to start throwing again, but it's it's hard to say. But I do think that. Seven to one to win the Super Bowl, not knowing who the quarterback is, and to win the NFC is probably. I don't think, even as a 49ers fan, I know that I'm a homer, not me as much as Billy. I don't know that I would take. I don't know that I would take those bets. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like if Trey Lance comes out and looks like an MVP caliber player, which is asking a lot out of him, even even though we don't know what he could be, like, they're still not going to dip that far below seven to one. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's outrageous. Well, another thing is, like, look at who they're up against as far as those odds. Obviously, Kansas City's ahead of them. I think you'd say, look, between the question mark at the quarterback spot for San Francisco and the Kansas City Chiefs led by Mahomes, you probably side on Mahomes being a safer yeah. bet at this point. You could probably do the same thing with Buffalo, maybe in the same thing with Philly, given, again, not the same concerns that you've got in San Francisco. So I'm not trying to be a downer on 49ers fans. I think Kyle Shanahan 
does as much as anyone to, to raise the level of play of whoever's playing quarterback. Um, but that's a big question mark when you're talking about arguably, as we just debated about for about 20 minutes, you know, what <laughs> three of the, of the top five, top four quarterbacks in the league that you you're looking at the, the odds of, of going up against and they play the biggest factor on it. So um, look, and by the way, as far as Purdy goes and what he said, even if that's like a possibility, I don't know that you need to like throw that out there. Like, Hey, I, may, I might miss the entire 2023 season unless you're kind of building things back up to be this like heroic return, like kind of um, I'm trying to think of who uh, like LeBron, for example, the ankle injury that no one besides him based on what everyone had said, all the you know, medical doctors could come back and heal as fast as he did to make it in time to come back to the end of the season and now the playoffs for the Lakers. So Maybe that's what he's setting him up for. You know, this like really special superpower healing power that he has to come back and be the guy. Uh, I, a 49ers fan would eat that up with a spoon. And, that and, was and by the way, the, the the odds you're seeing with with Philadelphia and San Francisco are not even about like Jalen Hurts being wherever BBT thinks he is in the in the in the, <laughs> in the quarterback pantheon, or even um, you know the 49ers. Like people be like, oh, they got an incredible roster. Trey Lance is great. It's almost strictly about the fact that the NFC is so 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 watered down right now. The way that we perceive it generally, that there's like two good teams or two good ro- two really good rosters, and then it's like the Lions. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, and so like like that that's that's a large part of what's factoring into these championship odds. I feel like the books are are factoring in like Purdy is going to start with these odds because if it's Trey Lance, you have to think that you're going to take a step no, back think, a little bit. Think, yes, no, not really no, 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 no. If Trey Lance were out for the season with UCL surgery and Brock Purdy was the week one starter and coming off an injury that he suffered in the second week of the season, the Niners would be, would be like 10 to 1. I think this is factoring in Trey Lance making a leap in Kyle Shanahan's system and a really bad NFC, personally. I mean, look, the Rams, the Rams just traded Allen Robinson. The Cardinals yeah. might be tanking. And the Seahawks are, you know, hitching their wagon to the Geno, or they're hitching their, whatever. Geno Smith is wagon to Geno Smith. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I was going to call him the Geno wagon, but they hitched their wagon to the G. You can't hitch one wagon to another wagon and expect to have. I mean, technically, you can say just hitch it to the G wagon. That is oh. an actual car. Yeah. Is that a? Can one. I say that? Oh, oh, you know, you mean like the nice Mercedes cars? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, on that note, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. G-Wagon was one of my – I don't think they make G-Wagons anymore, do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've, only got, they've only gotten more expensive. They actually come out with the electric one, which everyone is, by the way. Not that it's you know profitable or anything like that, but we're all coming out with yeah. the EVs. Okay. On that G-Wagon note, we're going to take a quick break. Watch the Pick 6 podcast. We'll be right back. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. 
With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. Welcome back to Pick 6. Follow us on social if you're not already at Pick 6 Pod across all social media platforms. All right, we've talked about uh, quarterbacks already in the league. Let's talk about some prospects. Brady, uh, Bryce Young canceling draft visits. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but what is your thought? Good idea or should he continue to go through the process? It just kind of leads me to think that he's already in conversations with the Carolina Panthers as a number one overall pick. Um that's the only uh, only reason for this, you know, because obviously when it gets out publicly, it's not a great look. Um, but if you're already in negotiations and they're going to select you number one overall, this is the step that you take, at least as a player. There's no point in uh, distracting yourself or traveling and, and putting yourself through that when that's not even a possibility. Um, and so uh, he's the heavy favorite as of now. Those odds have dramatically flipped. We know that. It also reminds me of when Joe Burrow was coming out and he was viewed as number one overall and the Bengals were basically giving him their playbook along the course of the way because they knew they were going to take him. So very similar scenario here. Um, that's essentially what's happened. And this has always been the case. You know, I remember in my draft, you know, the first um, contract that was thrown out was offered to Jamarcus Russell, obviously, who ended up going number one overall in my draft class, Calvin Johnson, myself, and someone else. And it was a very vague kind of boilerplate, really like not much going on in the contract. And my agent, Tom Conn at the time was like, yeah, we're not even going to really entertain this because it's too vague. There's, there's nothing to really take from that. Um, obviously, you know, Jamarcus ended up being the selection at that spot, but there was still, I guess, maybe some doubt in their minds as to what direction that they wanted to go. And they were starting some of those negotiations before that. So this isn't unfamiliar. The only unfamiliar thing is that this becomes public that he's going to be canceling all this uh, at this point, given he's met with the number one, number two teams in the draft in Carolina and Houston, and then also Las Vegas. And outside of that, uh, no one else yet. But it, it makes a lot of sense. Would would guess it was either uh, Joe Thomas or Adrian Peterson uh, who got that. All. That seems like a very Raiders thing to do, to lob out a boilerplate contract to like you, Jam Jam, Calvin Johnson, and, and one of the, and like AP or Joe Thomas. Like, who who wants, does anybody want to take this low-hanging, like really crappy contract? <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean that was it. They were getting at a discount. It was. Um I can't remember who the who the fourth person was. Maybe it was Joe T. Um or, or potentially I'm trying to think Gaines Adams was in that draft. Gaines Adams, Levi Brown, yep. Ron Landry, yeah, Patrick it, Willis, Beast Mode. God, I love I this draft. Revis. I know. Um we had some stuff. Lawrence Tammons. We, but yeah, anyway, the, the whole point is like that's pretty typical. There started to be those discussions that was obviously leading up to the draft, like the week of. This is a bit premature, but it just goes to show you they've, they've made their mind up. That's who they're going to take. And, and obviously, they want to hit the ground running with him. And rightfully so. That's the best way to do it. Do you know the, do you know the people that were drafted immediately before and immediately after you? Like, that's just, this cool. is just like, a, I'm curious, like, if you know yeah. the trivia of it. Uh, immediately after me would have been Dwayne Bowe. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, because, <laughs> 
Did you complete passes? To, did you complete passes to him at some point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was there, he got ended up getting hurt because yeah. we used him as backside cutoff on outside zone play, uh, which is you know something you probably shouldn't do with your number one receiver. Um, who's, but the coach, yeah, who's the coach then? I'm not going to name names. You can probably figure that out. But um, anyway, th- we were actually in Cleveland where that happened. I remember very early in the game, which that whole game plan throwing the football wise was like based around Dwayne. And uh, once he got knocked out, I was like, okay, now we're, uh, we're in some trouble here. Cause we don't really have much depth there to be able to, you know, put someone in that role to really do much. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Dwayne was after me. I can't remember who was before me at 21. Um, the answer. Who is it? Reggie Nelson, safety out of Florida. Yep, safety drafted out of Florida. by the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you too, because I mentioned this yesterday with the Bryce Young stuff. Uh, you know, and you like you played for several NFL teams in your career. Do you think that uh like they like signed on as a free agent? Do you think that Bryce Young may be doing himself a little disservice by not being able to get to know other get to know GMs, other organizations, et cetera. And like, you, you never want to think, Oh, it might not work out, but if it doesn't work out for Car- with him in Carolina, ostensibly uh, or Houston, you know, is it a thing where, you know, you would have liked to go meet with uh, Seattle and, you know, you get time with Pete here, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. I mean, does that, does that hold weight at all? I don't think so. They're going to, they're going to evaluate the film. That's going to be the biggest thing that you take away from all this. And, you know, they're, they're going to make their decision and their grades, Largely based off that, I think they've got some idea based on the testing and other things they have access to, uh, to get a thought and at least have a baseline. Uh, and, and from all accounts, I mean, everyone loves this this guy, and and that's been my impression of him. So I, I personally don't think it's going to impact him down the road. I mean, ideally, he's in Carolina for the next decade plus, right, as their franchise quarterback. So I don't think he's thinking that way, and, and I don't think other teams, you know, if he hits the market, obviously you're going back and reevaluating things, but. You know, you know, obviously maybe durability is a concern then because um, I just I can't see him going to the NFL and his game not, you know, transitioning well based on how he's played so far in yeah, college. Yeah, and if he becomes a free agent, it means like something has happened that's not didn't work out well with Carolina. And so you don't it's not like you're going to be like clamoring over everybody to try to go get him necessarily. Exactly. Exactly. Well, CJ Stroud also dropped in the odds boards. He was the favorite to be the number one overall. Now, Bryce Young, minus 1,200. CJ Stroud, plus 650. What do you make of this? Well, um, I would just say that uh, that Bryce Young uh, yesterday was minus 1,000. Now, minus 1,200 was minus Ooh. 300 on Sunday. It's almost entirely based on, again, I say this every day. that We talk about draft odds. These are reactionary markets. They are listening to what rumors are, what speculation is, what people, and then people betting into that rumors and speculation and moving, adjusting the odds accordingly. And on Monday, you had a bunch of uh, different nuggets, whether it's in Peter King's column, Albert Breer's column. Those are two that generally get aggregated the most and get spun out into the gambling Twitter sphere. Um, and as we're like, talking about how Bryce Young is sort of the guy, Bryce Young cancels the visits. They're trying to build a price that people won't bet into Bryce Young at first overall mm. because the exposure is, is there. And at minus 1,200, you're getting pretty close to to it because you have to put down $1,200 to win 100 Um it to me, we've passed the point of that's a good investment because we are still well over a week away, and a lot can change in that time. So, like, you'd rather bet minus two thousand on the day of the draft, knowing with one hundred percent certainty it's going to be Bryce Young, than minus twelve hundred ten days before the draft when you could put down twelve hundred bucks and like all of a sudden we get that tweet where it's like Will Levis is the object of the Panthers' affection, and all of a sudden you're 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 really peeing your pants. 
Yeah, agreed on that. I think the, the question that Katie's trying to go after right now is CJ Stroud and not necessarily so, you know, where he goes the first overall pick, but some concern or thought that he might he might drop in the draft. If Houston passes on him at number two or no one trades up with Houston to take them, where does he end up going? Um, and the interesting thing about that is I, I think there's a few things you could point to as some concerns that that teams have. Um, the first is, you know, his accuracy and obviously his level of play uh, adjusted uh, when he was under pressure. You know, it wasn't the same number, same output that we saw. You'd expect that, but he had a much more dramatic drop-off through the course of his career uh, when he was under pressure, under duress, as compared to when he was playing from a clean pocket. And so you might want to try to draw some conclusions from that. Uh, however, that being said, he, he saved his best game for last, played great under pressure versus Georgia. And so you're probably contemplating, is it the body of work or is his ability and what he will be what we saw versus Georgia? The other thing is everyone always talks about it, the talent he's throwing to, the system that he's in. A lot of quarterbacks have put up stats and good numbers in Ryan Day's system. Great offensive line that's going to have one tackle, maybe both drafted in the first round, uh, three of his offensive linemen drafted. So there's a lot of thought that he played with a lot of talent and, and maybe that you know played a role in it as well. And then there's some other stuff about interviews and, and maybe, you know, for example, the Manning Passing Academy, uh, I'd, I'd been told that, you know, he committed to it the night before, just kind of ghosted him, didn't show up. That's Ooh. football royalty. And when you do that, that's going to kind of set off some alarms from people of like, hey, man, that's not how you conduct yourself, especially around the Manning family or just in general, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback. So, uh, look, I still view him as the second quarterback uh, that should be taken in this draft class. He's the most accurate quarterback in this draft class. He showcased the athleticism and ability. Uh, anytime I've been around the kid, he's been an upstanding young man who's grown and matured into the leader that I think um, NFL teams are looking for. So, you know, some of that stuff. And, and as far as the system he plays and all the talent he plays around, he can't help that. He just can deliver the ball like he has and put up the numbers that he did. So I think he'll be the number two quarterback taken, but there is some talk right now, and maybe it's smoke screens. Who knows that maybe some of the other teams are saying, well, wait a second, if Richardson has a higher ceiling, Maybe he makes more sense for us to take if we can't have a guy like Bryce Young that we feel more confident about in his processing and decision-making. Yeah. What advice or words of wisdom would you give for young quarterbacks who are getting drafted? Because you kind of touched on it a little bit right there with like refusing to meet with the Mannings and that kind of stuff. Like what, what would you say to these guys who are entering, who are about to get drafted? The big thing is, is don't concern yourself with where you get drafted. Like there's so many things that are out of your control. Mm. So the key is really to just understand it's a starting point. That's all it is. And focus on trying to be as best as you can, learning the system as, as soon as possible and going from there. You know, obviously not all organizations are run the same or built the same. Uh, some quarterbacks can get drafted into better circumstances and teams that are willing to work with their skill set and give them the time and patience to become what they're capable of becoming. You know, I always use that Buffalo Bills and the way they were patient with Josh Allen to really see what he was capable of. You know, I remember people talking about his inaccuracies coming out of Wyoming. You know, they knew the raw ability, the big arm, bigger kid, great athlete. But, you know, the first couple of years in the league, all you heard was, oh, he's inaccurate. He's inaccurate. And I don't remember getting a chance to call some of those games for Fox. And I was watching the tape going, dude, he's not inaccurate. These balls are bouncing off guys' hands, shoulders, He's got so much zip on them. And at the time, there wasn't much separation from some of the receivers. He was still kind of becoming more comfortable with the system. And then in year three, they get him Stefan Diggs. It's his third year, which is really when you see what a quarterback's capable of. Year one, you're learning your offense. You're learning all your stuff. Year two, you're really solidified there, learning what the defense can do. Year three, you put it all together, you go out there and play. And you see what you're really capable of. 
And that's what we saw from Josh Allen. He took that meteoric jump to now we view him as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The problem is not many organizations are going to give you the same offensive coordinator for three years, stability and build, and, the, and, and go after a Stephon Diggs as one of the best receivers in the league. Not many organizations are going to do that. And so that's the problem is a Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, guys that need time to develop, will they have time to? Will the organization do everything they can to put them in a position to succeed? Those are all the questions. And those are honestly paramount to anything else. The ability, all these guys have NFL ability. Every one of these players out there, more often than not, an organization Fs it up. And that's that's just the truth. It's no different than being a part of a bad company or a bad organization. You know, the difference is, you know, you don't have control, you know, over a lot once you're under contract. You really have to create a stir or a fuss in order to be able to get out once you realize it's a bad situation. And a lot of other jobs, you go job hunting. and You're just like, yeah, putting in my resignation, I'm out of here. I'm going elsewhere uh, to, a, to a better opportunity with a better organizational structure, a better ownership. Wise words from Brady Quinn, our quarterback. Greetings, fantasy warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.